0: Oh, it's good news because it's morning again, a fresh new day. Let's just breathe it in. Convention 2019, let's bring it in this morning, just ahead of our Sunday special edition. I want to tell you a couple of things while you're breathing in convention air. Registration deadline is this Thursday, October 24th, and we are filling up the rooms, filling up the rooms, and convention comes in 26 days. So just think about this. Yesterday's all tucked away, and tomorrow is being prepared for us to come to it, God willing. So there's no consideration needed there. But uh, convention 2019 needs convention remembering today. Convention, convention, convention. Today is fixed in place, so let's get ready to go. Have you thought about the 24 hours ahead? What are your plans for today? The decision to register for convention would definitely be on the list, right? Right, come on fellas. honor your heart and comfort your fears and come. And all oh, the things that are developing for a convention are fresh and incredible. After 7 years, it's evident that there is such a deepening the experience and it's going to be an experience, includes several amazing vignettes including and focusing on moments and impressions and settings of everyone reaching to each other anyone that crosses over that hotel threshold will be connected to we're going to turn left then we're going to turn right and then you will see that the dimmer switch has blown up and it's bright brilliant blessings earnest passionate loving fellows enthusiastic teachers how-to recovery as far as the eye can see and the heart can dare to take in. There will be sights and sounds, magic and miracles, gorgeous, delicious, abstinent food, care and support outstretched that will reach you. The epitome of love and friendship. Let this weekend unfold for you what the power of the big book offers within it. Take it, utilize it, Enlarge it, then gift it. Think about it for one more moment. Just one more moment. Next, register for it. Then take this beautifully packaged gift home with you. The numbers that have not heard the message waiting to hear from you. Leave equipped to extend the hand and the heart of away to all those that still suffer. Don't you miss it unexpected and unrealized miracles around every corner and your name is on each one of them. Okay, okay, fine. You've been to convention before and you think that there is probably nothing new for you there to get. Don't fall for that. We have all learned better than that. Spiritually speaking, God is much, much bigger than things like that. And besides that, you haven't accounted for the talent that we got coming in. Don't miss it. So here's the deal. November 15th through the 17th in Newark at the Airport Marriott Hotel. Vision website is where it's at. Got your pencil? wwwavision 4 info And that's the number four in that lineup. There's still rooms available at the Renaissance for 155 bucks. Triple up and you'll save even more. There's dedicated door-to-door limo service that's for you for free. And there's free parking at the Marriott. So what you're waiting for? You have questions? Contact Amy G. or Melanie C. And you can get their information on how to call us on the website. So with no further ado, get yourself over to that website and register while we're getting into Sunday Special Edition this morning but it's time now to begin. I'm gonna hand it back to you, Larry. Thanks so much.
1: Oh, thanks, Mel. Yeah, thanks for that, boy. Um, I'm, I'm just so looking forward to the convention. It's just a terrific experience. There's a, a power, an amazing power when we're all together. It's just undeniable. So good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision For You. My name is Larry Kaye, and I am a recovered, compulsive overeater from Chicago. Today is October 20th, 2019. The share ID numbers for Friday, October 18th, are the following. For the 7 a.m. meeting, that number is 13,538, that's 13538. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, that number is 13,540, 13540. This morning, A Vision for You presents Heart, Mind, Body, and Soul. A vision for you personal story of transformation you know we're we're reminded that personal recovery is not a process of of limited transformation rather when we become immersed in the steps we experience a wholesale comprehensive change and you know i'm reminded of what dr jung shared with roland hazard dr jung described this phenomenon of change He, he, he described it very well to roland hazard He said, you know, these changes appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding force of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. So, you know, even back then, it was an all-encompassing change, internal change, and We come to recognize that all action is born in thought. We will never take an action that is not preceded by a prevailing thought. And words may inspire, they they, they do for me, your words inspire me, but only action creates lasting change. And we're gonna hear about one of those lasting changes just in a moment here. See, once our perceptive lens in which we perceive the world is altered, through the steps, through this alignment with God, well then of course our actions will naturally change as well. And when this begins to unfold through the process of recovery, all manner of heart, mind, body, and soul become aligned with the creator of our own understanding. And you know, we, we hear this again and again, um, yet personally I can never hear this truth enough. You know, the 12 steps are a group of principles. They're, they're spiritual in their nature. And they are designed to bring about a fundamental change in point of fact, it's, it's, it's really a revolutionary change in how we think and thus how we ultimately behave. And we're going to hear this morning in this beautiful testimony, um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the journey is, 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 you know, is free. You anyone can, can take this journey, uh, journeys available to anyone. Uh, but, you know the journey is going to require that someone take action and uh we have a delightful woman this morning that's going to talk to, talk about this all comprehensive all encompassing change of heart mind body and soul and how she's able to demonstrate this you know the uh she had to pay a price though i think she'll probably talk about the price for for her for this to change so joining us this morning is Jackie B from the Bronx She's, I'm guessing she's a, a Yankees fan. I don't know, but I'm guessing she is if she's in the Bronx. Jackie is a loyal servant of Overeaters Anonymous, and so please join me in welcoming Jackie B. Good morning, Jackie.
2: Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much. This is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Unfortunately, I know the Yankees, but in terms <laughs> of they, they're they part of the Bronx, but I don't like sports. I'm on. Yay! That's recovery today. <laughs> um uh I want to thank everybody. Thank you Larry for that opening and thank you for everybody. Um what I wanted to I wrote some things down which is not in my nature to do. Um but I'm going to try to give you what I was where I, where I came in, what I've done through the years and where I'm now because it's really now that the transformation has ultimately changed my entire perspective. And like Larry said, my lenses have changed. Besides my physical, my emotions, my way of dealing with life on life's terms has, you know, had meaning now uh versus what it was before. So to get started, I'm going to start my timer there, and I'm going to read the third step prayer before I start. God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And that prayer today has so much more meaning to me than ever before. Um, Because everything now in my program is to show another compulsive overeater how I live my life today so that they know that they're not alone, you know, because this disease does isolate us. And I want to take a big shout out to to everyone, whether you're in here or, or out there or wherever. If anyone who does service for the organization of Overeaters Anonymous, I want to thank you. And I want to thank this specific meeting that, you know, spends every day um, reaching out and giving us a knowledge, experience, strength, and hope of the big book. Well, now let's get into who I am. Um, I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx, like I said. And... I'm very proud of the fact that I use the Bronx because most people say the Bronx, say Bronx. Um, And it's, it's a silly little thing, but it's a little, little peeve of mine. Um, I, I have been in the rooms in and out for over 27 years. Um, I walked into these rooms. So the first time because the night before I got into a physical fight with my mother and I, and I came in my twenties physical fight with my mom because she didn't buy my binge foods. So I had ran out of the house going in a bad neighborhood to go get my binge foods. And I did that. And across the highway, I saw the light of the liquor store flash. And I knew I had become an alcoholic like my father. So the next day I went to my first OA meeting. And when I came into my OA meeting, I, I walked into the OA rooms in the early 20s full of rage, anger, loneliness, a people pleaser, victim, a martyr, a saint, loving individual, etc. My path in OA has always been finding different depths in the layers of Jackie versus the layers of OA's many different methods of working an OA program. I am not here to condemn or praise any one method, only to share my experience, strength, and hope, so that where you are as a newcomer or an old-timer, you can find a daily reprieve from compulsive overeating. I believe I had to go through these years in OA finding myself and having the confidence to like myself right now as imperfect as I am. I had spent my life blaming my parents, siblings, sibling, friend, friends, husband, child, and human beings in general for the unhappiness in my life. I would buy every OA and AA literature, including the different medias, online, offline books, and the different... Print sizes, pamphlets, and cards, etc. Working the steps and following the food plans, all the while, uh, all the while believing I was turning my will over and my life, my life over to the care of God. But what I was doing was modifying my OA recovery to fit the chaos in my life, so I could feel safe and secure. My early years of food plans consisted of whatever my sponsor told me to do and eat. It worked just as Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, MetaFast, Slender Shakes, Diabetic Association Plan, I was never a diabetic, Nutritionist Plan, uh, a Vegetarian Plan, Green, Yellow, and Right Light Foods, Gastric Bypass Surgery Plan, Gray Sheet, Modified Gray Sheet, etc. But the noise in my head was always there, telling me it's okay to change or modify my food to accommodate an event a gathering or religious or cultural observation and Now we come to Jackie. I was born to two different and cult- two religious and di- cultural different parents. My mother, born in New York, was from an Eastern European Jewish kosher home. And my father, born in Puerto Rico and raised in a Catholic rural town in Puerto Rico. And they met on a New York City subway train. Both parents knew nothing about parenting. My father left two previous relationships, leaving the women to raise his children. My parents lived in the same home, but my mother raised my sister and me with my father just coming in and out, of the house daily, and did as he pleased. My mother and father have both suffered from depression, mood swings, and addiction. My mom is an M A is, is excuse me is an M M&M and M peanuts addict, and my dad an alcoholic. I grew up fast because I had a sibling two years younger, and my mother who personality could switch off from loving to angry to car- crying to screaming to guilting etc and my father who would feed my food addiction just to piss my mother off who was always trying to control my weight gain there is so much baggage in my life for in my life for years it would take a year of special editions to get through it 45 minutes at a time I I have given you the stats of where I came from just to let you know too I also my addiction got so bad that I when I went to food establishments I wasn't known as Jackie I was known as the Totone lady or which is fried plantains um I was named by the food I would buy most frequently um I had I had When I went to college, I was on speed dial with the delivery man. Um, I have walked. I am only five feet tall. And in college, I walked. I went to Albany State originally, and it was two feet of snow. I'm trekking two feet of snow to get to a KFC. Okay? Got to the KFC, bought a, a, a family meal, went back to my dorm, Wrapped everything up in little individual portions because, of course, I'm going to eat it in portions, to eating it all in 30 minutes. Um, I could name that food three rooms away in one note. Um, that's how food revolved around my life. It was the time for me to shut the world off and just eat. Because I couldn't control anything else in my house. My mother tried to control the alcoholic and make the life secure so that she wouldn't panic or scream or or, or freak out. And I had no control. So the only thing I did was to eat. My sister, um, when she was younger, didn't want to eat. So I became her human garbage pail until my mother figured out why was I getting heavier. And she wasn't eating. So then now she was throwing things out the window. And I had to stop. I couldn't get my fix that way. You know, um, there was no way. Oh, I would wait. My mother would have rules. My father, the alcoholic, who did everything he wanted to do with no consequences in my household, God, he, 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 he would even make him meals and put it, you know, put it in the fridge and say, don't touch his food. It's his for tomorrow for work. I would go in there and skim off what I could. Because how dare he get food when he's such a miserable human being and I can't have more food. You know, these are the things. You know, I couldn't understand why my mother stayed with my father thirty three years when he womanized and did other things. I couldn't understand why my mother um would tell me, don't tell anybody that your father is living in the house. Can you imagine your father is coming home every single day of your life after, when you come home from school, and you're told to tell everybody your father's dead or missing so that she could uh, at least make ends meet in the house because she only made $6,000 in the school system and had to have your public assistance as an ass- assistant. To, um, supporting us um, my mother also had a lot of rules and regulations She, my mother was very my mother made it clear that any actions I took in life even in my 30s would tell me you do something against what I believe you're going to cause major catastrophe so no wonder I thought I controlled the world who knew about God I knew God existed But I was given so much as a kid, um, the responsibility of being the anchor to a household of insecure, mood-swinging, depressive people who use their addictions to, you know, try to hold themselves up. Um, My my mother later on found Al-Anon, and that helped for a while. And down the road, it was amazing because um, when I walked into the rooms, I was so angry, so, so angry because what they presented me in in those days was the big book. The big book? The big book is the book that caused all this problem. Don't you understand? My father, okay, is this book, the self-centered, selfish son of a, you know what? That caused my life to be ha- full of chaos and havoc. So I believed at that time. But over time, I started to work the steps via all all methods. I've I've done every step you could imagine, every different way. I've done it the gray sheet way. I've done it um, uh, uh, through the big and I didn't even understand it then. You know, reading the big book to me was like, oh, my God. I have a college degree, okay, and I was overwhelmed by the big book because I said to myself, so much detail. How am I ever, you know, it meant nothing to me really. But food plans were perfect. Food plans were great because I didn't have to think. It told me exactly what to do, and I did it, and I didn't eat. However, I didn't ever stop hearing the noise in my head. There was always something telling me, when is my next meal? When is my next meal? Or I look to my sponsor to tell me how to live, breathe, and function. I have had different sponsors through my lifetime, and I want to share this because I had a sponsor because we all forget that we're human in this program. We're all another human. We all have flaws. We all have to work our program differently. and. You know what? We're not perfect. I had one sponsor that thought her anniversary was more important than my anniversary in in recovery. I had one sponsor that told me what she thought of my husband. I had one sponsor that, you know, condemned me because my daughter is obese. I had all these things, and yet I stayed in the rooms because it took 27 years to finally come where I am today. Um, I will give you the physical statistics. Uh, My highest weight was 373 pounds. I wore a size 30, 32 clothing. I could not wipe myself properly. Um, I would only shower when I had to go outside of the home. Um, I built uh, clutter walls of massive things around me. Um, I stole money. I stole money from my first from my parents, then I stole money from uh my husband. He worked a lot of overtime. He couldn't understand why there was money missing every week. Um I stole money from my sister. You know, in the in the course of life. I've stole money from uh my own daughter. There was no there were no boundaries when it came to my food. Um, you know, and all through my program, there was always a different set of changes. And I always believed my higher power was somewhere, um, because it was just watching and waiting, waiting for me to finally get it. Um, because I remember, um, I used to believe that one day I said to myself, you know what? If I jump off this train track, will anybody care if I died? Who would care, but then I had this one little 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 voice in my head that said, "What if I died?" and I went to you know heaven and I, and and God said to me, "You know what if you just waited one more day you you would have seen it was a better day, so that's what kept me alive. the fear that I would miss it. When will that day come? I will miss it so strugglegger wrong along this program um you know i've done I've lost a hundred pounds here and there, and I've relapsed um usually most of my relapses was because God didn't give me what I wanted. why wasn't I getting pregnant? why wasn't I this? why wasn't this? I had rules I had so many rules. I love this. I used to have a list of what I would and would not do, okay I thought that I would not parent that I was raised with, you know, because God knows I thought my parents were the the worst thing on God's green earth. Um, I would never marry a non-Jew. I would never raise my child to to, uh, eat anything but healthy foods. I would um, do everything that I could possibly do to make this world better. And you know what? I married a non-Jew man who is, I met in the rooms. He is 27 years clean and sober in the other two fellowships. However, he has this disease. I met him in this disease, but he's working his program his way. We have now a 17-year-old child who I love dearly, who is academically a wonderful achiever, great with, doing things and getting things organized, but has issues with her peers. And she's had issues with bullying. And she's been, um, and she's massively obese. And her her food addiction is totally different than my food addiction. I'm your bottom of basic, cheap, volume eater. Um, she's not. She walks away from this and she doesn't walk away from that. Doesn't matter. The point is, is, My life is not rosy, but there's a difference. About three years ago, that's when the difference came. I just want to share one more thing before I go into my recovery today, and that is I work for child welfare. I've done that for 29 years. Now I'm in the financial part. But however, when I gave birth to my daughter, this is how my disease was. My disease did not care that I had a newborn in a crib. I walked out of my household, walked down a block and a half to get binge food and leave a newborn in a crib. Anything could have happened. Think about that, that the disease was that important, okay, and it takes you to any depths. It's making promises to my spouse that if we go to a $300 hotel, he's going to have the best intimacy in his whole life. But the minute we get there, I say, oh, we've got to go eat. Spend $200 down in the downstairs restaurant. Come upstairs, and I'm sitting there crying like a baby. Oh, I hate myself. I'm such a bad person. And he gets no intimacy and a $500 bill. Um, think about that. There is no, you know, there is no, you you can't make this stuff up. Well, let me now come to where I am now. With all the drama that I, that I became recovered one day at a time, I worked the recovery, honesty, clarity, and willingness to share my experience, strength, and hope by relying on a higher power. And sharing my vulnerable fears, my vulnerabilities, or fears and anxieties to other suffering compulsive overeaters. What happened was, is this last time I had a sponsor, and I tell, and and I love this because you know you tell sponsors what you want to tell sponsors. I had a sponsor one that had moved out of town, so we were doing sponsoring. But she came into town and she came to a meeting. She saw me. I kept telling her that the scale. Wasn't moving. That I was at a plateau. I wasn't at a plateau. I just didn't want to weigh myself because then you know I gained weight. Um, or I had a sponsor that I finally one day told her, um, "I'm not abstinent," and it wasn't junk food. It was food that was you know so called organic. And she said to me, "You know what? If you can lie to me, then I'm not the sponsor for you. Because if you can lie to me." Then I can't help you. Because what I did was, I used to turn my food over every day, but in generic form. Four ounces of this, two ounces of that, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Where I made the modifications, I didn't tell her because it's me and God that knew my modifications. She didn't need to know. You know, anytime that I have to negotiate, modify, or change, without consulting another human being or God with another human being because you need a witness, I know I'm in trouble. So she said, I can't help you. Maybe you should start listening to a vision for you. Well, people in the room whispered about a vision for you meetings, but I didn't really pay attention till I said, you know what, maybe I should. So for two weeks straight, I listened to a vision for you. And I heard things like, you know, it's not the potato that was the problem. It was with all the crap I put on the potato. Well, that made sense. Um, People talked about how uh, artificial sweeteners still gave them that sensation. Sensation? I don't know. So I decided to come clean with my family and tell them that I wasn't abstinent. So you would think that they would be, you know... Oh, we got, you got to get abstinent. What happened was is my family was like, oh, good, now we can go to any restaurant, any place, anywhere. And we started to go out. And you know what? The first bakery we went to, I sat down. I ordered something sweet. I took one bite. Before that first bite was actually digested in my mouth, I was already saying, oh, before we leave, we got to get another one to take home. And then a light bulb went on. Wait a minute. Isn't this what they said in the rooms about the, you know, the um, ingredient, the allergy? Wait a minute. That makes sense. I'm already thinking about the next, how much more I've got to take home with me. Before I even finished that dessert, which actually made me physically sick afterwards, I was thinking about the next thing. All of a sudden, it started to make sense, that one moment. So I said, you know what? The next time I get on a vision for you, at 8.50, I'm going to put my name out to look for a sponsor. And I did that. And I got so many calls. I thought every time I got a call, it was going to be a sponsor. No, it wasn't. It was just people reaching out. Till. One day, somebody said, you know what? You want me to take you through the steps, through the big book? I said, yeah. She said, well, you got to get clean for two days. I said, okay, because your mind has to be clear to listen and hear, you know, what we're reading about. So I did that. I went and I found a, a, um, I knew from my experience of different food plants, like I said in the beginning, I've been on very different food plants. I know that my day starts at 430 in the morning. I may not go to bed till 11, okay? I know that I'm a volume eater. I know I can't eat high-fat foods. I can't eat fried foods. I can't eat any sweets of any kind. I can't eat anything with any derivative sugar. It can no longer be the 10th ingredient, 5th ingredient. It has to be eliminated. I cannot use artificial sweeteners. And it's so funny because I was so rebellious in the years. I thought being abstinent and having, you know, 20, you know, uh, coffees of half and half and six equals, and it was cool, you know. So shut up. I'm abstinent. No, that's not abstinent for me today. I needed to really take the doctor's opinion seriously, and that is eliminate all those ingredients and combinations. Remember, combinations also are an issue. And take them out of my food plan so that I can be present. And so I research. Now, I'm also a person who's not very, um, I'm a no-frills kind of girl. It's got to be a simple program. It can't be too intense, too, um, things. So I found a food plan that's just for me. Um, and I see that it's, you know, a certain amount of food for breakfast, a certain amount of lunch for lunch, dinner, and uh, metabolic at night. Fine. It breaks down your day, and it also gives you a whole list of all types of derivatives. Because you know, you don't know that you know. For years, I was using Pam spray, for an example. No offense to Pam, but for me, the ingredients in Pam have one ingredient there that I cannot use. I don't. I don't make. Um, I don't make uh, uh, deals with my food today. Um, I. Literally took everything out. Uh, Like I said, I'm Puerto Rican, too. Even though I'm a practicing Reform Jew, I do like pork, and I will be the first to admit that. So I like seasonings that are of cultural descent. And let me tell you, you can find seasonings without that sugar derivative if you really want to. You just have to pay a little bit more. My sanity is more important. So I decided to start cooking for myself. And you know how I knew my program changed? Because I was willing to weigh and measure really. Not because a sponsor told me to, but because I wanted to. So I got clean for two days. And then we, the very first day, the very first meal, I had my spiritual awakening. After all these years and all these food plans, and all these other stuff. Oh, and by the way, I can't have dried fruit, too. Or uh, any kind of ground nuts. Let me put that out there, too. Um, they just seem to change their measurements during the years. Um, I, I went and noticed that after that first meal, I wasn't thinking about food. I literally was not listening to noise in my head. It was like silence, all of a sudden silence in my head. Like oh my god, the big book is right. The you know once you've put down those those foods that trigger the cravings and obsessions, there's silence. So then I said oh my, well, I've got to start. What do I have to do now? So I listened. You know I heard other recovering people say. You know you got to. Fill Yourself With Program. So what did I do? I ran to every podcast of, of Vision, every podcast of uh, OA.org. I went to uh, New York City, BigBookStudy.net. I went to all different OA programs, the ones in uh, LA, too, broadcast, and I filled myself with all these broadcasts so I could hear the message. I needed to keep hearing the message um, while I was working my steps with my sponsor. Now, my sponsor only met once a week, but for that once a week, we worked for an hour to two on the big book, in simultaneously with the Laurie C. book. Um, I believe in everything that OA has to offer. I'm one of those people that I believe in every pamphlet, every book, everything. Today though, my main source of doing steps though is the Big Book with a, an OA study guide that I do together with my sponsees. But i i don't I don't frown anymore on anything that's about recovery, because now, because I put down the substance, I am able to hear every chapter in the Big Book. I can identify with. Every chapter, be the perpetrator and the sufferer. I am the employer. I am the employee. I am the wife. I am the husband. I am the addict. I am all those things. And the big book helps me learn every day how to deal with life. That I can't change. I, I mean, I have a different perspective. Um, I went through the steps. I did the fourth step this time through the paper. I, I, you know, the fourth step was wonderful because it took away all the. I came from a family that never, never gave up. On, uh, they say they forgive you, but they never forgive you because they always remind you of what you did do today. Those are dispelled because I wrote them, and I looked at my part. And most of my part is because I was full of fear, resentment, self-centeredness, self-righteousness. You know, nobody followed my script. You needed to follow my script to keep me calm. Don't you understand? Nobody knew that. Nobody understood that. But then I started to realize it when I started working these steps when I started to turn it to over to another person, telling them who I really was, then, you know, the greatest gift is is that I don't worry about what secrets I, I, I can't tell anybody. I tell them because I get them off. I do the 10th step. I know I'm jumping around because I'm so overwhelmed right now with how blessed I am to this program. And how – I can't even tell you how I've transformed so much. I've lost over 188 pounds. I wear a size large to extra large. I went from having an afro to long hair. Um, I am still riddled with a lot of arthritis. My my hips are curved. But I can walk. I can get in – I can go into – I can go on a ride. I will not go on a roller coaster, but I can fit a roller coaster. I can do things I could never do before. And that's the amazing part. That's the physical. The physical is there. Okay? I can wipe my behind today. I still have clutter. I've got to work on that, but that's another fellowship. We don't have to talk about that today. But I also now have tools. And these tools are the 12 steps for me in the big book. I now spend my life doing 10th and 11th steps daily. I have to because I don't want to care. I don't want that gook. It's like you ever see one of those pipes that are full of gook? That's what the fourth step is. That's all the gook in that pipe. But once you start to do your step, and you start doing the fourth step, they start. And you, then you use the fifth step to drain out that fourth, to clean that thing. And then you ask God to help you see your your defects of character and ask them to be removed on a daily basis as he sees fit. Then we come to the eighth. The eighth steps, we list the people we have harmed. I had to go back. I did a fourth step years ago. I did a, a eighth and ninth with my sister. I had to do it again. And that was more moving this time than ever before. I have a better relationship with my sister. I no longer have expectations of what I want her to be. And she no longer has expectations of who I am. And I apologize. And it turns out I I apologize to my nieces, too, because I didn't know they had resentments over me when I went and did the ninth step with my sister. Um, I now accept people how they are. I can't change anybody. The only one that changes me. Today, when I am a working at, at work and my coworkers are whatever, because I live, you know, they has an opinion about other people. So I would say to them, you know, hey, guys, I understand we have all our things, but I don't live in anybody else's household. Our clients, I don't know what what's happening in their household. Can we, you know, tone down the negativity in the room? Who would say that? I would never say that before. I can say that today. Or if I talk to one of my uh, staff and I don't like the way I said it, I'll say, wait a minute, let me rephrase that. I don't like the way I said that. I apologize for saying it that way. I meant to say it this way. And they'll say, well, it doesn't matter, Jackie. Yes, it does matter because I'm God conscious now. I'm aware of my actions. I'm aware of what I say. Um, I am also aware that, like, when I walk in the street, I work near uh, uh, an Asian uh, senior citizen home. And these people, they're out exercising, whatever. They barely speak any English. But when they see me, I say, good morning. And they go, good morning. And I'm so filled of joy. That's what's so important. I now respect my fellow man because I don't look for them to feed me. I don't look for them to make me feel safe. I give everybody a value just for being on this earth. No matter where you're at, your program, you have value, okay? And I don't want to ever miss that. I, I text some people positive affirmations because that's how I reach out. Because I want people to, you know, think today, or I'll read something in program and I'll send it to them. I, I use whatever comes to me, to share my experience, strength, and hope. When I do a ten step, I no longer i will not only send it to my sponsor, I send it to my sponsees because my sponsees need to know I'm human. Because if they know I'm human, and I go through these things, they can too. Because that's what it's all about because I, I know that when I hide things, I'm just sick of suffering. You know, I mean, my mom used to say, Jackie, you know, there are other people in the room. Don't forget when you go to take go, take food for the buffet. And I have to look at myself. Do you know that I still, as a compulsive overeater, have to look at myself? Even if I'm taking a, a plate of vegetables, raw vegetables,
3: <laughs> and I got to
2: look how high that plate is. Because I'm distorted, and I have to go and reach out. When I was when I first had the sponsor, I was terrified of sponsoring as a vision for you because I can't quote every uh, founder or every um, part of the big book. But I know when I'm reading it with my sponsees, how I can share my experience and help. I know I can put it out there, and I know that when. I was scared. I would call another one I heard on the vision for you, and I'd say, Listen, I'm scared. And you know what they would tell me? Jackie, immerse your sponsee in the big book. Immerse. And that's all I had to do. But what about their food? Jackie, immerse in the big book. And I'm amazed. You know, this is all you can't make this stuff up. I call other people when I don't know things. My daughter is now applying for college, and she says, Mom, we've got to go to the accountant because I've got to fill out this, you know, federal form, you know, probably other people know about it. I was terrified. Do you know how to do a 10-step on that? You know why I was terrified? Because I had spent so much money with my disease, unnecessary money, just flooding away, that I was scared she wasn't going to make it because on paper it might look like we have money, but we don't. I may be eating abstinent cat food down the road, but I will be abstinent. Um, I had to face that fear before I went into the accountant's office that, you know, we're going to have to look at my finances. And what was my part in those finances? And you know what? I got through it. And you know what? She filed those forms. What the results are, I have no idea, and it's not my business. But the fact is, I did it. How did I do it? I work the steps. I don't go to bed at night until I do an 11-step. I could fall asleep in my recliner. One o'clock in the morning, that sponsor's going to get it. I send my food for the day no matter what because I'm a liar. Not for my sponsor. I don't care if my sponsor reads my food. I could care less. The bottom line is I'm afraid that I'm a liar, and if I don't tell anybody what I ate, they're not going to know. I also don't fear anymore. I don't accommodate. You know, like I said, I'm Jewish and Puerto Rican and used to be I used to give myself um exempt abstinence. You know, for Passover, ball soup. For this, this, this and this. I don't do that today. If it's an ingredient that I can't eat on an everyday day basis, then I can't eat it on a holiday. I can't have my traditional pasteles on a holiday. I can't do these things because I don't know how to eat them in moderation and they set off the obsession. I don't do it. And that's the difference. I go to weddings. I may call the uh, the place and say to them, what are you serving? I have allergies. If they say I can eat, they say, well, sometimes they'll say, okay, tell me who you are, what ta- what's your name, I'll find you at your table, I'll make your food this way. Sometimes they can't, so I bring my own food with me. I need to be safe. Whether I eat the food I bring or not, I have to be safe. If my family, we had my first New Year's in being abstinent through the big book way of abstinence, taking out the, um, what I mean by big book abstinence? I mean taking out those ingredients that trigger the obsession and the cravings so that I can be present. We had a, a, a Christmas holiday where we went to a restaurant and we went to a restaurant, and even though I ordered clean and safe food, I still didn't feel comfortable. So what did I do? I socialized and had a cup of tea. That's what I do today. I don't take myself out of the socialization because I am per- I was a compulsive overeater that could be in a room, even with compulsive overeaters or not, or in a, a convention, and feel alone, feel scared, feel frustrated, feel out of sorts. Today I don't. Yesterday was the Region 6 in uh, convention of OA. I met some visionaries down there. I call them visionaries. My, my daughter gets a kick out of that. And you know what? They were the supportest people I've ever had. And mind you, we only know each other on the phone, not in person. Now we met on person. And I give service when I can. I spoke there too. I did uh, literature also table. It's doing whatever takes. It's taking calls from compulsive overeaters that may not get it today. It doesn't mean I can't talk to you. It just means that when you're ready, you'll work a program when you want to. I can't make anybody. I can't make my daughter understand this program. I can't make my husband understand this program. I can be a power of example by working my program. I am at least a wife. You know, even as clean as I am, as daily work as I do in my recovery, my daughter will still tell you, My mom sucks on days. She's right. I probably do. But I got a better chance at being a parent because of this program, because I follow how the Big Book says to be, and I give service. You know, I know a lot of people will say, I don't know if I could sponsor. Well, you know, if you don't give it away, you can't keep it. It's a simple simple concept, but it's so true. I have to every day, do something to touch my recovery because I need to give it away. Because if other people don't know about it, they can't understand that they can do it too. You know, there is no magic way to do the steps. I mean, there's Joe and Charlie tapes. There are, there are so many big book studies out there. There's so much, there's so much resource. We can now connect in all sorts of ways. I no longer um, define my Judaism. I have taken orthodox Jews through this 12 step in the big book successfully. Um, Because you know what? If I don't know something, I tell them, listen, go to your rabbi. Ask them about this food. If this food is okay, fine. Or can you substitute it for that food if that food's a trigger? You know, I don't have the answers anymore. Um, Let me tell you, today my daughter has to do service. Now, mind you, uh, I had her named in the Jewish faith. However, she's a practicing Catholic. She is the best practicing Catholic you ever saw in your life. And I have to laugh because the sister says, you know, your mother is so, um, so uh, spiritual. How can I be spiritual? Because I work this program. You be the best you you can be. And I've only got one one minute. Who thought I could talk so long? Um, I thought Leah was crazy when she said 45 minutes. Um, and I don't know if I got everything I wanted to say. I do want to say, though, that I have changed physically, emotionally, spiritually through working this program. And it started because I listened. And it I say a vision for you only because it was that type of meeting within OA. There are so many methods of OA out there. But what, what I do know is something or needs assistance in this area, I reach out. Other recovery members to guide and suggest. Where in the big book I should focus on and rejoice. That's what it is. I took to other people who work. This work, the, the steps through the big book, and I ask them, and they give me insight. Say, maybe you should read this page of the big book. Maybe you should look at that part of your spirituality. And that's how I get it. You know, like, um, I don't have time because I now, my time is up, but I will tell everybody when you get off this uh, meeting, please read the last, two cha- the last two paragraphs of page 164. You've got a clean house and give service. That's all I could tell you. And with that I pass and thank you, Larry. And I will now give the meeting back to a uh, Special Edition.
1: Jackie, thank you so much for your for your share. It was just um it was amazing to hear your transformation. Um so we're gonna we're gonna transition now to a QA session. And we're going to uh, take names for folks that would that, that have a, a specific question for for Jackie. So let's uh, start and give me your name and uh, first name and, and initial. Press star one on you. Hi,
2: Lorraine N.
1: Lorraine. Thank you. And press star 1 to unmute your phone and, and give us your name if you have a question for Jackie, and then we'll have a, another round.
4: Hi, it's Andrea B.
1: Hi, Andrea. Good morning. Anybody Amber, else in this discussion?
5: Amber? Yeah, Amber.
1: Yeah. Okay, w. thank you,
5: Amber. Okay.
1: Thanks. Anybody else?
5: Sure.
1: Okay. Let's get started with with those three, and then we'll uh, we'll open it up for more questions if you have them. Okay, let's get started with Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine.
5: Hi. Good morning. Um, I I didn't hear the entire uh, speaker, but what I heard was wonderful, and I just want to thank you, Larry, for coming to our convention in Portland. It, you were awesome, and the convention was awesome, and I'm just filled with gratitude this morning. So just checking in for a gratitude check. (laughs) Thanks again, Larry, and the speaker.
6: Oh, you bet.
5: You bet.
1: Okay, thanks so much, Lorraine. Hi, Andrea. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service. And to the speaker, thank you so very much. I loved your qualification. Got a lot from it. uh, A lot of it resonated with me. Um, I'm not... um, my weight isn't at the level that you reached, but the, 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 um, the psychology, the uh, thinking, the behaviors, you know, I'm Jamaican, and so I have my cultural foods, and, you know, it's wanting to give myself a pass as well around the cultural foods. My question is, um, that, I, that really um, screamed at me, <laughs> basically. Um, so my question is this. I I hear you were in OA for a long time. You did the steps a million and seven times over. You came into this program. Your sponsor said get two days of abstinence. You did it. You started reading the big book. Something resonated. I'm assuming something resonated every time you read the big book prior to coming to Vision for you. Is there any way that you could speak a little bit more about what really changed in you. Was it your willingness to, you know, was it about the spiritual solution that something clicked? What, if you could just talk a little bit more about that, that would be great. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, yes, because, um, yeah, I I understood the big book, but not really at that in those years. You know, I understood that I, I needed a power greater than myself. I always knew that. I always knew that um, I guess I concentrated so much on, you know, the abstinent issue that I wasn't really looking at the, the actual behavior and the actual, um, you, know, you know, reviewing my life, tracing it back, dealing with it, and then moving on on a day-to-day basis. That's the difference in the big book. See, first I needed the the clarity. See, the point is, is I I guess what I did was my other food plans kept the crutch. So, yes, I did understand doing the steps. I did understand all that. The only difference is, is getting two days clean where I didn't have any, any whatsoever substances that, you know, that kept my mind, you know, thinking when my next meal was. When I wasn't thinking of my next meal, all of a sudden when we read the big book, and did the steps through the big book, I suddenly said, wow, I see myself in that. Oh, yeah, I remember that episode, you know. That's the difference. It's like a veil lifted, and the words had meaning this time. See, because the meanings it had, I, I, I could spout out the meanings. That's the difference. The program before in the recoveries I had before previous recoveries was spouting words. Spouting tools, spouting, 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 and but still manipulating my food and life to meet what I interpreted versus identifying. See, I identify now with the big book, where I before I was just using it as a reference. Does that to make some sense? Yes.
3: Okay, that, nice.
6: that's great I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I bet you it did. It made sense to me okay. um, so next up we have Amber, and then we'll open up for more questions. Amber, good morning
6: Amber w. If you press
7: star one Thank you for that reminder. Good morning.
4: <laughs>
7: mm-hmm. um, I've been in. Recovery in AA for 17 years. I have uh, walked a lot of people through the Big Book. Um, I'm definitely a Big Book thumper, uh, but I don't know how to apply it to my food. And uh, this is my first OA meeting. I have avoided it like the plague for a long, long time. Even when I've seen other people in recovery be, you know, lose half of themselves and ask them. What are you doing? And they say going to OA. and I'm like, Ooh, you know, stay away from me, basically. Um even when I got on this latest diet and kind of went a little crazy, um, I still didn't want to go or look into it and uh I had two hours with my sponsor a week ago. Um, and she said, "You know, I I can't help you with this. You you have to go to somewhere else. And uh, I've been looking up meetings, and but I just I still hadn't gone in a week. And this morning, for some reason, I uh, you know just had
8: that urge, so I did. And uh, I cried basically through the whole share. Thank you so much. I I can see in myself
7: that I am." Uh, my my psyche is trying so hard to compare out but I know that game. So I'm just gonna pay attention to the stuff I can compare it into. And uh I looked up that there's a local meeting at seven tonight and so I guess that's the best next step for me. Um I just uh yeah,
8: I don't know how to I don't know how to do this. I feel, you know, I'm a newcomer again, basically. And um, I just appreciate you guys being here. Thanks so much. Hey, Amber, okay. thanks so
1: much for being here. Yeah, I I think the question, <laughs> I'm going to try to, because okay. I, I think there's a question in there, Jackie. The question yeah, is, I'm how gonna, are you going to do, do answer, this? Right?
0: I, I want to answer
2: that, because I'm actually married to a husband who's 27, clean, and sober, and NA and AA and uh we got issues on this and we have big book uh differences. Um but I can tell you one thing is what helped me in this program is immerse yourself in every podcast you can of this fellowship. The special editions, the uh the readings, um listen to the live meetings, um anything that's OA, big book study immerse yourself on anything like that and it'll you'll start to see because you know what it says no VIPs no one is better I'm no better than you and you're no better than me and whatever your recovery is that's somewhere else this is here we we're, we're, we're open our doors are open and the big book is open it's just a different flavor but immerse yourself on those recordings and let 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 your higher power find you there that's what I want
1: to say. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Jackie. Okay, so we're going to open it up for another round of questions. If you have any, you know, specific question for Jackie, relative to her share, what you're going through, what your experience is, please give me your first name and uh, last initial.
8: Carmela. Ruth S. Carmela.
1: Judith. Did I hear Pete?
8: Page B. Paige. Yes. Ruth
1: S. Ruth S. So here's who I heard so far, you guys. I heard Carmela, I definitely heard Judith. I, I might have gotten Pete um mixed up with Paige, but I don't know. Pete, are you out there? Did you did you jump in or do I just hear your voice in my head? Cause you know that's a thing with me. Um all right, I don't I'm I'm assuming that wasn't Pete and that might have been Paige. So I definitely have Paige and then I have Ruth S. Did I miss someone else? in this round. We can pick up another round. Okay. All right. So, if you are not Carmella G., um, if you would be kind enough to mute your phone. And Carmella, good morning. What question do you have uh, uh, for Jackie?
5: Good morning, Larry. It's more of a comment than a question. I just want to say thank you. I met Jackie at our last convention, so this is almost like a plug for a con- the convention as well as um, a gratitude to Jackie. I was sitting there alone and I saw this woman struggling out with lots of packages and things, and I, I said, Hi, are you leaving? Have a safe journey. And she said, No, I'll be back. And that was my intro to Jackie B. from the Bronx. And we have had a phone relationship with messages since that day. And it is such a gift of this program. And I want to thank her for sharing her experience, strength, and hope. Because we tend to be a crazy lot. And... There is always just this one day and this one spark that will rake us in. And Jackie has demonstrated that. And so I thank you. And I can't wait to see you again this year in Newark. Thank you so much, Larry. Thanks, everyone, for their service.
1: Thanks, Carmela, for that comment. Okay, we'll move on to some questions here. And, Judith, what question do you have for Jackie? Good morning.
9: First of all, I want to tell her, thank you for her honesty. Before I lost the weight, one of the things I was embarrassed about is keeping myself clean. And I've never heard anybody say that out loud. And so now I don't feel like such a freak. (laughs) So thank you very much for that one. Uh, One of the things that you helped me with today, and my sponsor and I have been talking about is um, I I have neutrality with all my other addictions, with the cigarettes, the booze, the drugs, the bulimia. They don't call me. And when I do my prayers, I ask God what it is that I have to do differently or what I'm not doing because I do not have neutrality with food. Now, I have been in and out of OA since 1985. And I have periods of time where it's all calm, it's all good. Now, I have gone through the steps again with, uh, in the a Vision for You style. Um, I do have a food sponsor. I do weigh and measure. But, and I am at goal weight, which makes my doctor extremely happy. However, there's an undercurrent with the food and a type of low-grade anxiety that I uh, don't have today with all my other addictions. So I was kind of wanting to ask you again, I know you said you did service and you got into the big book, um, if there's anything else I should be t- doing, because I do sponsor in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I sponsor here in food, So, uh, but there's not a neutrality and there's not a, a peace with it. So that's, that's my question. How did you get an overall peace? even though I seem to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Thank you very much, and you were wonderful. I appreciate you.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. What I can tell you is is two things. One is I don't negotiate with my food. Regardless of where I'm going or going to be, I always have my food with me, um, even if I wind up eating at another place. I have it with me because I, first I have to take that equation out of my day. I can't worry about whether or not I have to wing. I don't wing it. I keep that. The other thing is, I look at my food. If, I'll be honest with you, if, if something in your food plan still makes you go, everybody knows what that sound is, right? Then there's, you got to look at that. You have to look at your food and see if there's anything in there, or combinations. Sometimes it's combinations. I never realized that combinations could be that. That could be also another issue. That's what I had to look at, you know. Um, and that, and I'm telling you, that if I have a, a an 84 year old Spanish aunt who is very stuck in her ways, doesn't speak English either, and if she understood that my food plan is that basic that she made all the cultural foods for everybody else but made my prepared my meats and vegetables exactly to my ingredients, let me tell you, anybody can change. So that's how the power of this program is. I don't allow the world to dictate uh, how I'm going to be with my food. I get the food out of the way so I can be there for the people. That's the difference. And I fill myself with people and being of service to anybody in and out of the rooms. That's the other thing, being of service in and out. Then I don't have time to worry about what the food is. Thank you. Thank you so much
1: for the question. Thanks for the question on that, Judith. Okay, let's turn the page. Hey, Paige. (laughs) Good morning. morning. (laughs) How's that for a segue?
10: Page D, Compulsive Eater from the state of Florida. Thank you so much for your service, John. I picked up a nugget or two just from your intro. Thank you. We're uh, in another room, uh, other rooms, and um, managed um, with
8: service through everything.
10: I'm sorry, through, you know, stayed on a 32-year food vendor um, through through it all. So about a year and a half ago, I finally, I, with God's grace, I hit my bottom. And um, I have a, a sponsor and a vision for you and have begun um, my fifth step. And we did the family. You know, I want to call them the Borgias on um, the end of last week. Um, so I'm at a point, and I I'm very visual, uh, you know, with a New York turnstile, the subway turnstile. So now I'm in, I'm started. That's the the inventory and the telling of it, and the working on it. And man, I want to go back. Um, so the thing that um, that has come up again is the intense anger. Your childhood was a lot like my my childhood. Maybe different people, places, and things, and culturally different neighborhood and whatever. But, boy, the chaos, the pain. So what has come up for me again is God now wants to be my new best friend and guide my life and bring me great things and, and sobriety and sanity and usefulness to others. And I'm still stuck in, where were you then, and um, feeling, and I understand um, that, you know, I still wanted my way, and it was, uh, I think you get what I'm saying, I know I have to move forward, I went to a face-to-face vision meeting, and it was their solution yesterday, yes,
1: Pince, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Um, I just So I don't get fired. <laughs> um, if we could articulate a question, I yeah. would appreciate it. Thanks so much.
10: If you begin the steps, and um, with that difficult childhood, how do you, for me, maybe you didn't experience this, um, how do you get around where were you then, God? and um and the you know the letting of that go i know there's the sick man's prayer how did you really get through that and move on to make god your new um you know your new principles your new um your new um guide thank you so much
2: um thank you um i guess for me um i did start out wondering before program, I said, God, why did you give me these sick parents? You know, I blame God. um, And I blame God for not being pregnant. I blamed all this. But you know what? God was still there. It was just that I wasn't looking at my part. It's like every every other inventory. What is my part? Where did I shut God out? Where did I um, take my will and not listen? You know, um, I can't change the past. Um, You know, my father, you know, didn't know how to show appropriate love. doesn't matter. When my father, my my father, my mother died at 56. My father died at 81 uh, two years ago, okay? But I had a relationship with him because I said, you know what? I just would call him up in Puerto Rico and say, hi, how you doing, dad? Bup, 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 great. Have a great day. That's all. That's God. I didn't sit in the resentment anymore. I didn't sit. I faced it. You know, it's not a crime to say, I don't like what my life was before. But I sure like it now because I'm facing it. I'm looking at my part. You you cannot change for me the world. I cannot change my sister, my, my family, my coworker, anybody. I can't even change God. What I can do is my relationship with God changed, and we start from that point on. And that's how I do it today. I hope that answers your question.
1: Thanks for the question on that page uh, and for that response, too. Okay, Ruth asks, good morning. It's your turn.
6: Ruth, if you'd press star one.
0: Thanks for a reminder, Larry. This is Ruth, compulsive overeater in Florida. Uh, Jackie, thank you so much for your share. I can relate to everything and um, really appreciate you and your vulnerability. Uh, my question has to do with sponsoring. Um, I'm recovered through the big book and several different programs, and I sponsor a lot of people. And I'm always in the conundrum of what to do with relapsers, um, people who have put a lot of time in and are maybe really far into their four-step writing and everything and they relapse and then now they're back and uh, Whether to start over from the very beginning. what What's your opinion or your experience on that? Is it better to keep sponsoring people who relapse over and over or uh, Like I'm just really at a loss as to how to best serve people in that way who relapse and come back continuously. Thank you
2: Oh, thank you. Um, that's a good question um, well the way I do it now is, um, I, if someone, is, I've had people who, um, when they do that, I say, "Well, we got to start over," um, and then look because I says, "If if you're not rooted in each of the steps, then you can't go forward." Because as far as I see it, is is that there's so, there's still reservations that you may be able to find an easier, softer way, and that's fine for them, but it's not fine for me, so I will try to work with them a couple of times, maybe once or twice, but after a while, I'd have to tell them, listen, you know, if if you can't stay clean, and if you're not ready, then, then I have to move on. It sounds like you're being cruel, but you're not being cruel, because you can only give the message to somebody who wants the message. That's plain and simple. I will tell them, yes, you can call me, you want to you know, shoot the breeze, fine. You want to put me part of your God squad, fine. But working the program is important because you know what? What keeps me clean is working the steps, is working the big book, is going and every time I reread it, God gives me a new, for me it's God. It could be anything for anybody, or that force greater than yourself. I get something different. Oh, I see something different. Something will highlight itself every time I do this. So I'm even learning. So if I'm studying with somebody, it's not only to help give what I've been given, but also to give some more layers to my recovery. So you got to look at it that way. You know, you can't save somebody – and throw out a life preserver. And if they keep missing that life preserver, they're going to drown. And it's not my responsibility to enable that. It's my responsibility to throw it out and help bring them in with God's help. Thank you. Pass.
6: Well, thank
1: Thanks for the question, Ruth. Okay, so it's gonna be our your last opportunity to uh to ask a question of Jackie. If you'd like to do so. Give me your first name and last initial, please. Lisa C. Lisa? Teresa A. Teresa? Brenda J. Was it Brenda? Yes. Hi, Brenda.
6: Anyone Hi. else?
8: Francine now.
1: Francine?
6: Polly B. Polly.
1: Last call, last call. Okay, so here's who I have I have Lisa, Teresa, Brenda, Francine, and Polly. Okay, so we will get started with Lisa C. And if you are not Lisa C, if you'd be kind enough to mute your phone. Lisa, good morning.
3: Good morning. Um, This is Lisa C., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Um, I just want to thank you both for your service. Jackie, your share was an amazing share, um, and it means so much to me. Jackie and I know each other. Um, She'll never have uh, an idea as to how much her share has touched me today. My question for you is this. Um, I'm looking for ways to delve into the 12 steps from the big book um, like never before and there's the work I do with my sponsors Um, I want to know what work you do on your own from the big book how do you delve into that on your own time permitting um and and uh, w- what would you recommend? Thank you so much, and once again, I'm really grateful to be here with everybody today. Thank you.
2: Um, thank you. Uh, what I well, mostly the work I do is with my sponsees. However, what I do do on a day to day basis is I I I am a you know like like, for me, my recovery is sometimes I have a monotonous day. So I use the OA Toolkit app, which helps me do a couple of prayers that I meditate on. Um, I uh, read the, what some of the um, literature that's out there on affirmations. Um, I definitely say the third-step prayer. I always connect myself with the third, seventh prayer and the serenity prayer. I do the, you know, and I and I remember that I ask, I do a prayer, the Jewish prayer that I I say to myself, and I say, God help me be of service to other people. Um, whatever happens today, you guide me. And I do that connection. I try to. I always do a ten step when needed, but a eleven step is mandatory for me. I need to review my day. Because that connects me to my behaviors, my actions, and my triggers of life. Um, that I always do. And like I said, I do text little things. I, I look up things and I, I I text people. I also connect with um, certain things on uh, Vision. I, I connect myself with a lot of uh, OA stuff connected on Facebook, but I may not participate but I do read those things I always touch base somehow some way my day has to be connected something to program um and that's how I do I I, I do a living recovery every day not uh just reading writing and arithmetic kind of uh version of program hope that answers your question more action Th- thanks
1: <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Okay, next up we have Teresa followed by Brenda's question. Hey, Teresa, good morning.
9: Good morning, Jackie. Thank you for your share. Um, I have a two-part question. You, you talked about being in um, social situations and being able to focus on the socialization and not the food. So I'm curious about how you dealt with anyone saying, well, here, just a little this, so you can join in. How did you deal with that social pressure? My second part question is also a social pressure question related to um, ethnicity and, and culture. Um, I am um, a, a black woman. I'm also an African uh, woman, and food is very much a part of our culture and, and, or culture of who I am, or at least that's how I'm conditioned to think. Um, did you have any resentment in not being able to eat some foods that were your culture, and if so, how did you deal with that?
2: Okay. Okay. Um... Well, if I go with what I my recovery now when I took out those allergy uh ingredients that triggered me, I didn't have a problem. At least not physically. I mean I could see the food there. I remember what it is, but I didn't have like that that physical, physical need to have it. Okay. Um, I have no regrets because this, uh, I sold myself a program so I like who I am today. I like the way I can interact with people, even when I'm uncomfortable. That's different. And like I said, I, my aunt, I couldn't believe it. I still had, culturally, she still made me uh, pork. But she don't use salt, pepper, and um, I think salt, pepper, and garlic instead of using adobo, okay, because adobo has sugar in it. Um, she made vegetables. She steamed them. Instead of, you know, throwing them, you know, with a whole bunch of oil or grease or butter or fat or lard. And yet, I sat there while everybody else ate empanadas. That was okay. Because I was still present to my family. And no one think and, and those that ask you, well, why can't you just have a little bit? I say, I will tell them I can't because the way I, when I eat these foods, they seem to me, I get more, Involved with the food than with you, and I'd rather see your lovely face than to be involved in the food. You know, I I just I, and sometimes I don't even get into it. I said, listen, I just you know, it's just for me today. I'm just not in the mood for that. You know, I don't I don't really go into deep explanations. I don't wear on my heart uh, a need to say I'm food. I have a um, uh, you know what the funny part is? I thought I've been on my food path for so long, right? That one of my staff, who is actually uh, Jamaican, uh, says, you know, Jackie, can you just give me your food plan? She She's not she a compulsive overeater, but she wanted my food plan. I gave it to her. I gave her all the re- literature and everything. You know, she does my food plan her way. And yet, I'm like, wow. And I didn't say a word. I didn't say, you know, I just say I can't eat these things. Because for me, I don't know when to stop. That's it. It has to come down to what is more important, the sanity or whether or not, you know, um, T. T Hilda likes me or not. You know, she loves me so much that she's willing to change for me. I, I'm i just being available now to say I love you and say it honestly, not because she made empanadas or patelas. So I hope that helps. think
1: <laughs> Thanks for the question. Thanks for the uh, the question on that, Teresa. Okay, Brenda. Brenda, Brenda, it's your turn.
0: Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Jackie. Thank you so much for your share. Um, it's been beneficial to me a lot. But one thing I hear a lot about on the line is what we do not eat, but I don't hear a lot about what we do eat. And could you speak more to you said you take your food when you go places? Um, how do you do that, and what is the food you're taking? And thank you for your answer. Okay. I you.
2: um, I'm not going to go into too much of details, only because it's a short time. If you take my number down, you can always call me. Um, let's put it this way. My basic food plan is, um, you know, four ounces of uh, protein, uh, a starch for breakfast, and a, ve- a vegetable, and I use my dairy. For a for my coffees in the morning, I have one measured thing and I use that all day long for whatever coffees I have. I have protein and vegetable for lunch, then I have protein, vegetable, starch, and for for dinner, and then I have my metabolic, which is a protein or a dairy and and a fruit. That is what I basically do for five hours specifically between each meal, except the snack is four hours. That's the basics. Um, but I'm a simple girl. I found a place that makes either I cook my meat and I take it with me. I don't have problems with leftovers. I can buy a bag of, you know, uh, fresh string beans, nuke it in a microwave, and I'm good. I don't need to have all the flares and stuff on it because you know what? I'm feeding my body. Being with the people is my soul, okay? So that's that's the difference. Um, if I have food that's ahead of ahead of time, I might make a vat of food and measure it in containers. I, I I will say I'm not helping the Earth any way soon. I buy plastic containers that are already in weight and measured sizes. I fill them up, freeze them up, take them with me. Find if if there's a if there's a I I have the alternate foods that are raw, and alternate foods that are co- that can be heated up. But I take it with me, and I don't worry. I can eat things room temperature. I don't make a fuss. As long as I have what I need, then I, I can be present for the, the actual event. And I pass.
1: Thanks so much. Okay, for that question, Brenda. Francine followed by Polly. Good morning, Francine.
8: Thank you for your share, Jackie. Um, my question is, I'm a relative newbie. I'm three months into OA and um, two weeks into a vision for you. I am still working out my food plan as I find new things that trigger me. When I find a new thing that triggers me or when I have a slip, for instance, yesterday I was at at a farmer's market buying fruit and he gave me a piece to taste and without thinking I tasted it, do I need to go back to my a new abstinence state? With that I pass. Okay. Um
2: well I've
8: gotta say I can't tell
2: you that. I can't even give you an answer to that because I don't tell my sponsees what they should or should not eat, or how they should or should not eat. They should know. You know, in your heart, whether or not you're abstinent or not, because you you have to be honest. Uh, you know, is the obsession there? Um, for me, and I'll just and I'm not I'm not telling you what to do, but in the situations when I'm offered a taste, like you know, because deli counters do that all the time, people do all that all the time. I say, no, it's not my time to eat yet. But thank you. I appreciate your offer. Um, I still like to be offered something. I could turn it down. Even if people know I'm going to turn it down, I still will say, no, thank you. Um, But it takes time. But I do know that, like, even with my sponsor, we talk about it. If something comes up that something I realize seems to be a problem, once I acknowledge that something's a problem, if I don't rectify it, then I may not be abstinent. I I wouldn't consider it abstinent. But once I've uh, rectified it and and know that this is a problem or this ingredient is a problem, if I don't take an action to remove it, well, then it's clear. I'm taking my will back. I'm not doing what the program says to do, which is change. So if it's an item that I know that I can't have, I take it out. And once I take it out, starting from that point on, it change Because we all evolve. Everybody evolves in this program. Awareness has changed. One thing may not – that's what the problem was years ago. Years ago, my food plan, I kept changing it. It went from an ounce of nuts to a whole bag of nuts. You know, the bottom line is I can't have nuts. Once I took that out, it was never a debate anymore you know, and I kept going on, you know, so I put that out there. Thank you for your question.
6: Thanks,
1: Francine. Okay, last up, drum roll. Polly D., good morning.
5: Good morning, Chicago Larry. Thank you for your service. And, Jackie, thank you for your heartfelt share. I'll cut to the chase in the interest of time you mentioned Uh, your daughter and husband with our problem, and I too have um, very close, uh, two very close people. Uh, They know I have a disease, and then in recovery, I know they have a disease and are not. They know I know, I pray. These are traditions in toolbox, and sometimes feel like I'm enabling them by saying nothing. Um, I know it's not up to me, up to God. So do you have um, any particular um, guidelines about how you monitor your own behavior with your family members and any uh, additional tips? Thank you. Path.
2: Thank you. That's a great question. Um, and I don't always have the answer. But what I do know is is I, it's hard. It's hard because some days I will get what my daughter asked me to get her, and some days I won't. I say, listen, use your own allowance. Um, it's hard. But what I do look at is when she tells me how she's feeling. That is when I bring my program into play. If I say something and she tells me, mom, you're da 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 or mom, I, it's all about you. All I hear is about you. I don't hear about me. Then I go, what do I do? Well, that's where program comes in. I call another fellow, I do a writing, I do an inventory, I do a 10-step, and then I said to somebody and then we talk about it. That is what I do because I don't know. I can only be a pal. You know, it's funny. My daughter swore that we're nothing the same. But somebody found an old picture when I was in my 20s, and I sent it to her, and I sent it. I said, wear that outfit. I said, I says, that's not you. That's me. That's you. You look like me. I says, and see, you have something to aspire to. And and that's all I had to say. That's it. I have to keep working my program. I can't tell my husband not to drink or not to do drugs. He knows what to do. I can't. The same way I can't tell him, don't eat this, don't eat that. All I can just say. I do have to have an opinion. Stop spending my money if you're not going to eat your leftovers. That's all I could say. But I can't change. Only myself. So if something is really irritating, like I'll give you a pretty good example. My dishes were full to the brim, and I said, I'm not washing them. You know how I got those dishes washed? I'm doing service for my family. I'm doing service for my family. And I washed every single dish. That's what that's as simple as my program could be some days is I'm doing service by being, working my program, even when I don't want to. And that's how I live. So I hope that helps. Thank you.
1: Hey, Polly, thanks so much for the question. And Jackie, Jackie B from the Bronx, boy, who knew at <laughs> 300 whatever pounds you were that you'd be helping all these people, right? We're, we're so, uh, have so much <laughs> gratitude. <laughs> I have so much Thank gratitude you. for your for your service Jackie. So we're going to um you know if you're kind enough to share your contact information once we conclude here after the recording ends that that oh that's great. We appreciate that. Okay, so let me give you though the share ID for for Jackie's uh, special edition today which is October 20th 2019. That number is 13547. That's 13547 if you want to listen to Jackie's uh, presentation this morning so we're gonna gonna conclude with the uh, a reading on page 164 imagine that new vision for you yeah I'm so glad <laughs> here we go our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little God will constantly disclose more to you and to us ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick the answers will come if your own house is in order